0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Who's X? Our X. It said so in the Cal Students section. It's the TreeCast with Troy Clarity presented by the Believe Podcast Network. And we are breaking down the results from the 123rd Big game won by the Stanford Card. Glad to have you with us on Saturday, November 28th, 2020. Hope you're coming off of a great Thanksgiving week. And uh, Stanford fans have a little bit more to be thankful for after Friday afternoon's result over in Berkeley. It wasn't easy. It never seems to be. And sometimes it was downright weird, as big games in Berkeley generally tend to be. But it resulted in the Cardinal carrying away the axe and bringing it back to the farm. Glad you're with us. I am indeed Troy Clarity. Thank you so much for being here with us. A lot of ground to cover. Some things that I was looking forward to in the game itself. How did my expectations match up with the reality? We'll tell you. You'll hear from David Shaw, Thomas Booker, Davis Mills, Curtis Robinson, and Austin Jones as we break down everything that we saw in Stanford's 24-23 win over the California Golden Bears. We'll give you three things you need to know from the game, plus we'll go stock up, stock down as well. So a lot of things to do on the show. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Troy Clarity, the last misspelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity. You've got thoughts, I always welcome them. The best way to ensure that I see them is On Twitter is to hit me up with the hashtag, hashtag TreeCast, hashtag TreeCast, by far the best way to make sure that I see what you've got on Stanford football and the big game. And man, oh man, (laughs) you know, Cal scores a touchdown with 58 seconds left, and the Bears are down by one in big game. And and for a moment, I'm in the press box in Berkeley, and, and for a moment, I start thinking ahead to overtime. But then I remembered Cal's not-so-special teams, and I thought to myself, hey, wait a minute. Bears got to kick the extra point. And lo and behold, Thomas Booker blocks the extra point, making like Tuan Van Lee in 1988 when Tuan Van Lee blocked, the, uh, blocked Cal's uh, chip shot field goal attempt that would have won it for the Bears back in 1988. Instead, that game finished up as a 1919 tie booker's block on friday paved the way to stanford's 24 23 win cardinal now one and two on the season while the bears oh my gosh what a disappointing season for them they fall to 0 3 on the year uh interesting game in the early going stanford down 10-3 early second quarter they scored the game's next two touchdowns with help from cal special teams they had a 24 17 lead with 4 28 to go but then the bears Drove 90 yards for the touchdown to make it 24-23 with 58 seconds left. And that set the stage for Thomas Booker's heroics. Austin Jones, 85 yards rushing. Uh, Davis Mills, the Stanford quarterback, threw for 205. Thomas Booker, a sack and a fumble recovered to go along with the block. More on big game in just a moment. But first, this reminder. College football, NFL season, both in full swing. And you might not be at the game this year. And big game was certainly the best big game that, that most of you never saw in person. But you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino, it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts plenty of post-game sound coming up in fact we'll weave it into this portion of the program and later on we'll go stock up stock down on the game but first three things you need to know about the 123rd big game let's start with number one, and this win may have been in the cards literally Memorial Stadium was empty. No fans in the stand as we're all still trying to stave off COVID-19. And the axe, the trophy of the big game, was actually sitting on a platform behind the Cal bench. It was actually unguarded at times in the pregame. I was like, wait a minute, shouldn't they have people around it? (laughs) They they did have two members of the axe, of of Cal's axe committee, uh, guarding the axe during the course of the game. Two members, the, the the limit the limit allowed uh, by Alameda County. But in the student section, the Cal Rally Committee built a card stunt in the bleachers with a picture of the axe and the word R, O-U-R, above it. As if Cal was saying, hey, this is our axe. After the game, David Shaw, the Cardinal head coach, told us how he
2: found out about this and what his reaction was. Our operations staff. Um, came to, check, to scope out the area and they took a picture of that and said uh, coach do you want to let the guys know that that's there I said no let them, let them see when they walk in the stadium um, I think our guys took a lot of pride in, in grabbing the axe and taking a picture in front of that, that uh, our axe uh, sign up there um, uh, and just to remind everybody it is called the Stanford Axe um, so we're excited to bring that Stanford Axe back to Stanford, California. Yeah,
1: Sean may have wanted to keep it a surprise from the players until Friday, but somehow Stanford inside linebacker Curtis Robinson got wind of it.
3: His reaction? I had gotten shown that, uh, I think, three days ago, uh, or whenever they put it up, honestly. And I just, that, that was stuck in the back of my head. And you know what? And if I'm being honest, they earned it last year. They took it from us. But, um... I, I, I felt that was disrespect and that was definitely a tip on my shoulder, So I was definitely anxious to get that picture in front of that after the game for sure.
1: So the Bears bulletin board material
3: backfires.
1: Man, you hate to see that. Let's get to number two. <laughs> Well, Stanford's defense had moments in the first two games of the season against Oregon and Colorado, but but really tough sledding overall for Stanford defensively in the first uh, two games. And they didn't they didn't play a perfect game at Cal, but this was in many ways by far their best performance, and it couldn't have come at a better time and against a more appropriate opponent four sacks for the Stanford defense to go along with seven tackles for loss and a fumble recovered as well. I asked Curtis Robinson what the big differences were for Stanford's defense this week as opposed to the first two weeks, and he gave me, oddly
3: enough, three things. Does Curtis listen to this show? Three things that we struggle with that we kind of turned around today and used to our advantage were being able to get takeaways and big-time downs, getting off the field in third down, and also just tackling tackling is so important and I think that you know as a defense that wants explosive plays you think about takeaways you think about you know all the all the big flashy plays and when it comes down to it if you can't tackle well you can't win a game and I think that we tackled extremely well at the DB position at the linebacker position even at the defensive line position and I think that honestly helped us you know get the win.
1: So those are Curtis Robinson's three things on the Stanford defense and and look they didn't play perfectly you know Cal got Cal certainly got there. They certainly got some big, uh, some big plays. We'll talk more about that along the way, but they played much better when they needed to. Cal went five of 14 on third down, including a stretch where they failed on nine straight third down conversions. You longtime listeners to the TreeCast know how much stake I place in third down conversions on both sides of the ball. If you can stay on the field on third down, you can do big things. If you can get off the field on third down defensively, then that's a big plus, too. Stanford struggled mightily defensively on third down throughout much of the season. Much better on Friday against the California Golden Bears. More on the defense in a bit, but certainly encouraging signs from a defense that's been beleaguered and besieged for the most part over the last couple of seasons. Let's wrap it up with number three. And oh, by the way, hey, Stanford football with a win. How about that? The first time that Stanford football walks off the field victorious in 398 days. That stopped the six game losing streak and it halts Cal's big game win streak at one. Austin Jones, Cardinal running back said that this win was a year in the making.
2: It's something that we've been thinking about all year long. It's just, just, just to think that it's like, it's taking a it 12 years or however long it took for them to take it from us. And then that feeling all year, just, we just knew we had to get it back. And to have this come back to us, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable feeling playing for the axe is just incredible yeah good for austin jones
1: an east bay kid with a lot of cal friends but he made some incredible power runs especially in the second half we'll talk more about that later on in the show meanwhile thomas booker informed us after the game that this win for stanford gives the cardinal more tangible rewards than just merely the axe
0: you practice all week and you want to put a product in the field that wins games so you know that your work is going in the right direction and I think for us, even though this is a gritty, ugly win, a win is a win. You know, and you can build on that for weeks to come. And you know what it looks like to get a W and to pull it out. Because for too many weeks prior, we hadn't been doing that. So it's great to finally get a W, put one in that column, and move on to next week. Because we know we can do it now. Um, we put it on tape.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure the celebration was on on Friday night. But now all the attention turns to Washington. And that'll be a tall task up in Seattle. But I know this. Card would rather go there with something in the win column and something that they can build on in the weeks ahead. Those are three things. Yeah, plenty of players have had their names etched in big game lore. We mentioned Chuan Van Lee earlier and what he did in 1988. Uh, Casey Moore, who killed the Bears with big touchdowns in 1999 and 2000. Mike Langford, the big uh, field goal at the buzzer in 1974, those guys off the top of my head, and those are just Stanford guys who have gained immortality via big game. Well, I think you can add Thomas Booker to that list. Booker's blocked extra point with 58 seconds to go save the game for Stanford. He was the man of the hour. And after the game, Booker hopped on Zoom with the rest of us in the Stanford football media in a rather chilly Berkeley press box. And I had three questions for, for, for Thomas Booker. Let's hear them here. And you know where we had to start. Number one, take us through the block extra point.
0: Yeah, so uh, I feel like the entire day we've been getting pretty good pressure in terms of our field goal block and our PAT block. And for whatever reason, we just hadn't, I specifically hadn't connected. I think Simi Fajoko had blocked one earlier in the game. So we knew that it was there. Um, actually, I think the the previous block to that one, I gotten the similar amount of penetration, but I just missed the ball was either to the left or the right of me. So um, knowing that the game was on the line, I knew that I had to get off. Uh, I tried to time the snap as well as I could, got off, got penetration, got my hand up and I got enough penetration to where I think it hit me on the elbow. Um, so. It was, a, it was a great way to, to end the game and thankful for the guys that were with me on the field goal block that allowed me to get that penetration. Special teams,
1: obviously key, but defensively, uh, much better. The best performance so far of the year for the Stanford defense. What, what do you think this performance from the Stanford defense says about that side of the ball and what it can be perhaps the rest of the season?
0: I think we definitely play well, um, but obviously there are things to clean up. I think they rushed for too many yards. Uh, so knowing that and the fact that they still Uh, We held them to about 23 points is a good thing. Um, I think the the big thing with us was getting off the field. You know, if you look at their third down percentage rate and their their conversion rate, it was pretty low. So it was kind of a bend not break scenario where, yeah, we were giving up some yards we shouldn't have, but when it came down to it, we were getting off the field. You know, so I think that's the key for our defense. Um, You can excuse a lot of other mistakes if you can get off the field on third down. So, yeah, I think we did a better job with that and it coalesced in the W.
1: Without a crowd in the stadium bringing its energy, especially what this crowd would have been like here today if there had been one, was it easier for you guys to bring your energy to the game?
0: I think it's always a a difficult dynamic when you're going to a specifically a rival game where there's so many people and it's so loud. You can hear the decibels coming in um, and having it basically be the same kind of or an atmosphere as a practice, you know? So I think the big thing for both teams is specifically us was bringing our own juice, you know, having our own sidelines be our biggest fan section. And I think we did that today. Obviously we had some explosive plays, fumble recoveries, block kicks. It's a lot easier to get hyped up when you're making plays, but bringing our own juice and understanding that we can't rely on a, a crowd or whatever to get us hyped up or the moment to get us hyped up. It's our job. You know, so it was it was definitely a different experience, but such as 2020, this is what we got to get used to. Yeah,
1: without a crowd, the energy on Stanford's bench was certainly noticeable, especially as the defense kept making more hits and more key stops as Austin Jones churned out more yards and dragged more Cal defenders with them. And after Booker blocked that extra point, man, it was an absolute explosion. Stanford earned that, uh, <laughs> they, they earned that celebration flag. They, they certainly did there. But, uh, man, that was you know, a weird dynamic, obviously, with, with no crowd, and I can only imagine how that game would have played out uh, if, if that place had been full, because you know it would have been. Uh, and it was interesting, you know, because I could hear the Cal coaches saying some stuff uh, across the way as well. So it's amazing how much more of the game that you hear when you're in the stadium and when there's no crowd, no no 63,000 people uh, to, help, uh, to help turn up the volume there in the building. But uh, Thomas Booker helping the team bring the energy, and that bench just blew up. And look, don't forget, Booker helped stabilize that game at the line of scrimmage, especially late first quarter, early second quarter for Stanford. And he recovered a tremendously huge fumble as well. Many of you know I'm a huge fan of Thomas Booker. Uh, good dude off the field, it seems as well by all by all accounts by all I've had a chance to chat with him on a couple of occasions myself and and I say half jokingly, by the end of it all, I'm either gonna be voting for Thomas Booker or working for him at some point. He's gonna be signing my paychecks. So really awesome to see Thomas Booker uh, do what he was able to do and play the role that he played for Stanford in this big game. By the way, I got a little bit nervous. When I saw those officials congregating after the penalties on the the blocked extra point, I got really nervous when I saw those officials. Because as we all know, when officials huddle up late in big games in Berkeley, that has tended to not go very well for Stanford. And it uh, fortunately for Stanford, was, uh, it was not the case this time around after the initial penalty on, on interference and then the sideline celebration penalty called against Stanford. And then the Cal Bears ended up trying an onside kick from the Stanford 35. I had never seen that before. Kick went out of bounds. Stanford able to run out the clock. Game, set, match, Stanford Cardinal. Special teams was tremendous in this game. And we told you last week. Special teams would be a key, especially based on Cal's struggles in that phase of the game at Oregon State. They had a blocked punt, they had a short punt, giving the Beavers a very short field, and penalties wiped out a punt return touchdown and a 97-yard kick return for the Bears. As bad as Cal's special teams were against the Beavers, man, they were even worse against Stanford. The two blocked kicks, the one that kept Cal from tying the game with 58 seconds left. And another one right at the half when Cal was lining up for a relatively short field goal, game tied at 10, but no, Curtis Robinson with the block there. David Shaw took us back after the game through those
2: two blocks. We blocked the field goal early on, really could have blocked another PAT, was right there to block it, um, didn't get it. Um, so we knew we had an opportunity and our guys were juiced up. Um, you heard the guys on the sideline saying, Hey, we can block it, go block it, go block it. We're going to block this. Um, and that's huge. Yeah. And you heard Thomas Booker's thoughts on his, uh, kick uh,
1: his, on his block kick earlier in the show, Curtis Robinson's block field goal at the end of the first half was every bit as crucial. He tells us how that block happened.
3: That just goes back to, you know, day one of camp and us emphasizing how important it is to get knockback and penetration and elevation on those kicks. And, um, you know, we just knew like every, the big game, everyone's always going to come a little bit harder and everyone's always going to go a little bit more crazy. And we, we knew that we had an opportunity with their protection unit that we would get a chance in that be in that C gap. And we knew that if we had the opportunity, we were going to take it. And it just came down to us being able to execute better than them. And we were able to do that. Yeah, that was big. It
1: kept the 10-10 at the half instead of Cal going ahead. And Cal, they had other failures on special teams too. Uh, Nico Remigio, who killed the card as a receiver last year. But he muffed a punt in the second quarter this year. Stanford's Houston High mooley recovered it at the Cal 16. Three plays later, Mills to Wilson one-on-one for an 11-yard touchdown to tie it. That was a work of art. And as soon as I saw Wilson one-on-one with the corner, I was like, "Okay, know where this is going. See, sometimes back shoulder fades can be good calls to make. But that muffed punt opened the door. Stanford realizes the importance of of special teams, now, it, it's shown over the last couple of years. Uh, remember the last time we were all over in Berkeley, and um, and, uh, and, and ba- Jake Bailey with his eight, with the eighty-four yard punt that was uh, uh, that still stands as a Stanford uh, all-time uh, record for the longest punt in school history. That was fun to watch in person. David Shaw spent part of his post-game press
2: conference singing the praises of Stanford special teams coach. Pete Alomar, let's listen. When I hired Coach Alomar, one of the things that was really attractive to me was reorganizing the staff so that he can be a full-time special teams coach and truly work with our punters and kickers and snappers and holders and truly spend a lot of time on the special teams because um, it's it's a third of the game or more. And with what with the opportunities for, for changing field position and, and creating momentum, um, that's why i'm so glad we we have him so glad the, the, so proud of him the job that he's done and just like you said we're healthy enough now to where we can place uh more guys than we have in the past and i'll say this too we still have a couple of freshmen that found their way on special teams they've done a great job uh, so to really have a full team a healthy team uh, to really go out there and make an impact on the game and it's three of you have said it in your in your comments i know our guys have been talking about it We believe we've got the talent to influence games on special teams. It was great to see it happen today.
1: And you certainly see the difference, right? And and look, I've I've long believed, and I've said on the TreeCast on a couple of occasions, uh, including uh, on the last TreeCast before this one, if you have good special teams, it can win you at least one game. But if you have bad special teams, it can lose you at least two games. Bears' not-so-special teams cost them against the Beavers, and it cost them, again, against the Card. And Stanford's emphasis on special teams really helping to pave the way for the Cardinal victory. We've talked defense. We've talked special teams. Actually, we'll talk a little more defense coming up in a bit, but we haven't talked about the offense yet. And I, I wasn't expecting big numbers for Stanford offensively against the Bears, and if you just look at stat sheets and base everything that you know about football on statistics, you're not going to be wowed by the numbers there. I mean, Davis mills, 24 32, but for just 205 yards, uh, Austin Jones is mentioned with the leading, a uh, leading receiver or leading rusher, rather with 85 yards on the ground, but it took him 21 carries to get there. And Mike Wilson, seven catches, 88 yards on eight targets. So the stats won't wow you, but, we saw more balance and we saw more efficiency from Stanford offensively than I think we've seen at any point so far this season. And I like the slightly methodical pace. It's okay if you get to third down on this Cal Bears defense, as long as it's third and manageable. And for the most part, Stanford was able to do that. They were able to get themselves in situations where they were able to manage themselves with manageable distances on third down. In fact, you know, they were in the third and short, anywhere between one and four yards, nine times. Converted four of them. But I like the pace overall of Stanford's offense and, and and the approach that it took for the most part against the Cal Golden Bears. After the game, I asked quarterback Davis Mills how much closer Friday's performance was, given the diversity, the diversification, the balance, the efficiency that we'd seen so far this season. I asked him how much closer Friday's performance was to how this offense should look every single week. I mean,
3: I still think we have a lot of room for improvement. I mean, we're really close right now, but I mean, I think if we execute how we want to, I mean, this game shouldn't have been as close as it was. Yeah,
1: and and look, there was a holding penalty on freshman uh, Miles Hinton that wiped out a big gain on third down that would have converted one of those third and short opportunities, made it third and 11 instead, and then Wilson dropped a tough catch that he'll probably tell you that he should have had on a Whistler from Mills. So, so no, it wasn't perfect execution-wise. But still, we saw that versatility and we saw that diversification that hasn't been there for quite a while. Let's go to Stanford's go-ahead drive in the third quarter. Few things we saw during the course of that possession for Stanford. We saw a two-way screen. Weddington coming in motion over to the right side of the field. Mills drops back, sets up the screen initially to the right side, but then throws the screen to Nathaniel Pete over to the left side. So a misdirection screen with Weddington going out right and Pete with blockers going out to the left. That worked for six yards. We hadn't seen that wrinkle from Stanford. Later on in that drive, we saw Isaiah Sanders come on and finally make his official debut, even though He uh, actually got a snap earlier in the game on Stanford's field goal drive to get his first points of the day. But right after the screen to Pete, a couple plays later, Isaiah Sanders comes on on third and one, hands off to Jones to convert on on, on that third down. Earlier, Sanders coming in converted himself on third down and short. So that package of plays that that we thought we might see against Colorado for Isaiah Sanders, the, the grad transfer from Air Force Academy, And we finally saw a couple of those instances where Sanders came in and moved the chains. Then after that, Austin Jones with a power run for an eight-yard touchdown. We saw all of those things on Stanford's go-ahead drive in the third quarter. A little misdirection, different personnel, and then the power run by Jones. He was hit at, what, the six? And then dragged the whole pile into the end zone for the score. We also saw simple concepts to get guys open you know it was a play early in the fourth quarter Connor Weddington ran a slant cleared it out for Austin Jones in the flat out left Mills finds him for a six-yard gain easy things that can be done to get guys open and to prevent you know contested catches Mills did a good job I thought of finding one-on-one matchups and the offensive line had moments in the second half where it looked like intellectual brutality again. They were pushing the Bears around a bit. David Shaw certainly noticed the difference in the running game between the first half and the second half.
2: We sputtered in the running game in the first half, um, partially because of Cal. I, I think they outplayed us up front. Um, second half, our guys just just screwed in. Got the cleats in the ground. Um, Coach Carberry, uh, Morgan Turner in particular did a great job getting those guys ready, co- coaching them up, and, and, and get, getting their confidence back. Um, that we can run the ball on these guys. So we were able to come back in the second half and really give Austin Jones a chance. We saw what he could do against Oregon um, and two weeks ago against Colorado, never really got him going. And then once we get number 20 running, um, you see what kind of back he can be. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many yards after contact he had today, but that was phenomenal. Yeah, look, Cal's got a good front seven. We've talked about this. They've got a very, very good front
1: seven. It's not easy running the ball against those guys and quite honestly the first half went about how I thought it would with Stanford trying to run the ball especially with the Cardinal not running that much from passing formations I, I, I didn't really think and you remember this is one of my keys to the game I, I didn't really want to see Stanford run out of running formations with double tight ends extra linemen and things like that because that sh- that, that, that compresses the field and that puts I think that plays Cal's strength. I don't think you can necessarily beat Cal in a phone booth, spread them out if you want to run the ball. Stanford didn't really do that a whole lot in the first half, but it was nice to see the offensive line regroup and start to push the Bears around in that second half. Would have been nice if they'd been able to finish off that drive. I'm kind of not sure about passing on third and three from the Cal 32 with five minutes left. Mills got sacked. Stanford punted. And that set the stage for Cal's final drive in which it went 90 yards. So again, not perfect, not perfect. But in a lot of ways, the best that we've seen at the most crucial time for Stanford. Now, perhaps one of the biggest surprises came right off the bat. The opening coin toss. Stanford won the toss, which isn't unusual. But then the Cardinal deferred to the second half. I almost fell out of my seat in the press box. I couldn't remember the last time Stanford deferred after winning the coin toss. I was like, wait, what? Are you serious? After the game, I asked Shaw, when was the last time that Stanford deferred and what went
2: into making that decision this time around? First time since I've been the head coach. First time since I've been the head coach, we deferred. Um, And we had talked about it last week um, for against Washington state, potentially doing it last week on uh, this, then this week um, we've been one of the better kickoff return teams over the last decade uh, in America, honestly. And uh, we knew their kickoff return team was dangerous. So we wanted our kickoff cover against their kickoff return to start the game off. I'm um, trying to get our defense on the field right off the bat and then come back and start the ball. start with the ball in the second half uh, just to change up. We'll see what we do going forward. Um, but that's what we talked about doing. And I was excited to do it today. So even then Stanford was playing chess with its special teams now, I, I was stunned
1: to see Stanford defer for two reasons. One, because it was actually happening for the first time since at least 2011. And two, I wasn't sure it was a good idea to put that defense on the field to open the game. And then Cal went right down the field after the opening kickoff. a play 75 yards, and it's a 7-0 lead. So, so my initial response after, after Stanford deferred was, really? Now you want to defer? With this defense, based on what it's shown the first two games of the year, which is to say not much, but it worked out. It worked out. And look, there were rough patches. It wasn't perfect. I feel like that's a theme for this episode. There were some, uh, I mean, Garbers got loose a couple times and the Bears did run for 241 yards as a team. But the defense came through when it was absolutely needed most lance anderson stanford's defensive coordinator i'm sorry the willie shaw director of defense he dialed it up a few times with some blitzes i love when lance gets diabolical and i can't remember the last time that's happened and two guys that i think should be spotlighted senior safety malik Antoine. Who has been much maligned? Look, one of the leader, one of the unquestioned leaders of this team. In fact, he was the he was the one leading the breakdown before the game when the guys gathered around in the end zone before going back into the locker room, uh, uh, and, and and getting final things ready before coming back out and playing the game. Antoine leading the way, probably the leader of this squad. Much maligned on the field, however, as as far as some of some of his some of his struggles in some uh, some some fast uh, some facets of playing safety. But I thought he did brilliantly at times against the Bears. Active in run support. He had a nice tackle on Cal's final drive, by the way, at the goal line. Second and goal from the four. Bears tried a misdirection option, but Antoine wasn't fooled, was able to come in and make the stop for just a one-yard gain. And, and even as a blitzer, I really think that his sack in the second quarter After that, Chase Garbers wasn't quite the same. So shout out in the spotlight to Malik Antoine. Tomas Schaffer, another guy I wanna take a closer look at on the defensive line. He had two sacks and he had a whale of a day along with Booker on the Stanford defensive line. Thomas Booker certainly noticed. Man,
0: he went went crazy. I think this is a coming out party for him. Um, He played fantastic football. And without his performance, I don't think we we win that game. So um, to have somebody to the right of me that's performing like that makes my job easier. So extremely proud of him, extremely thankful that he's on my side of the ball. Um, and a hat trick isn't too bad for the big game. Yeah,
1: technically two sacks on the day, but still fantastic day overall, especially in key situations for Tomas Schaffer. By the way, we'll spotlight another member of the Stanford defense in just a bit. One key hidden play that I quite honestly had to be reminded of during the post-game press conferences, uh, game tied at 17, middle of the third quarter, Stanford at its own 37. Davis Mills tries to hit Semifahoko deep, but the Cal safety rotated over, and I don't think Fahoko saw him. Otherwise, I think he would have done a better job of trying to fight for the ball and makes the interception. But flag on the play, defensive holding on Cal away from the ball and Stanford gets new life. Davis Mills after the game told us how he was able to turn the page after what could have been a critical turnover.
3: I mean, I like to take it one play at a time. Once the previous play happens, I mean, luckily I got called back, but I mean, I'm kind of keeping an even mindset uh, going forward. So once that thing happened, I mean, just kind of, I was looking at, hey, what I got to do to, I mean, make up for it? But luckily I got called back and we were able to go down and score points.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And that was crucial. That was crucial because seven plays after the interception that wasn't, Stanford was in the end zone with what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. And it held up for the remainder of the fourth quarter. So, look, plenty of big plays. Everyone's going to remember the, the blocked extra point by Thomas Booker. And rightfully so. The muffed punt by Cal setting Stanford up at the bear 16 in the second quarter and opening the door for Stanford's first touchdown and helping them get a bit loose and back on the scoreboard. That was big too, but don't forget. Oh yeah. The block, the block field goal at, at halftime as well, but don't underestimate the importance of that interception that was called back. In fact, that was Cal's only penalty of the day. Oof. On some level, on that note, I do feel badly for Cal. I, I do. Look, I, I, I don't, I don't go as far back as, as some of you might who 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 listen to this show who think that Cal and who still believe that Cal is the one hundred percent unquestioned rival for Stanford. And in a lot of ways, they are. But yeah, you know, back in the seventies and the eighties and even a little bit into the nineties, you had that unquestioned hatred for Cal if you were a Stanford fan. Now, if you're a Stanford fan, you probably think the bigger rivals are Oregon, <laughs> Notre Dame, and USC, certainly. So, I, I, I might not necessarily have as much of a deep-seated dislike for Cal as a Stanford fan when I've got my Stanford fan hat on. Not my Pac-12 Network hat on. But when i got my Stanford fan hat on, I may not have that, that as much of a deep-seated dislike for Cal as, as some of you might. So, yeah, look, I feel badly for Cal on some level. I like, jo- I like Justin Wilcox as a coach. That program is still far ahead of where it was four years ago. But even I was scratching my head at some things that some things the Bears were doing. Why did they spend much of the second half trying to throw their way back into the game when outside runs were the way to go? Should Cal have gone for two after getting that last touchdown? Given the special team struggles and given the fact that Stanford's defense was probably gassed after a 14-play drive, I got questions. But you know what? I'm a Stanford guy, so who cares? That's not my problem. The biggest thing for Stanford fans and for the Stanford program is the fact that they got the X and they got a win. Was it perfect? Was it like 2010? We referenced that game on the last tree cast. No, obviously not. But Stanford did what it needed to do to win the game. You know that one of my favorite sayings is the reminder that that the other team is trying to win too. Well, that's true. But even so, that doesn't mean that you have to help the other team win. And Cal certainly gave Stanford a lot of help. Oregon gave Stanford a lot of help, too, don't forget. But unlike in Eugene, this time the Cardinal accepted that help. Tis the season for giving, you know. And took advantage. So that was great to see. Look, the way things are going right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. Next week's game in Seattle is far from guaranteed. The season could be blown up tomorrow based on how things are going with COVID-19. But the axe is back in its rightful spot. If everything ended today, college football-wise, for the 2020 season, no matter what else happens, or no matter what else doesn't happen, the axe is back where it should be, on the farm. Our axe, indeed. Always welcome your thoughts, hashtag TreeCast via Twitter. Your reaction to Big Game in Stanford football. If you're feeling better about things, I would hope that you are. One more quick bit of business. We got to go stock up, stock down our unofficial game ball, and a point of coaching slash contention that uh, might need some extra emphasis in the week ahead. Let's go stock up. <laughs> And I'm going to recognize sophomore cornerback from New York State, Salim Turner Muhammad. In the depth chart this week for Stanford, Turner Muhammad and Ethan Bonner were both listed as possible starting corners opposite of Caillou Blue Kelly. It was Bonner or Turner Muhammad. Bonner went through warmups before the game but was then held out. He spent the game watching in street clothes, had his number 13 jersey on, but was wearing warm-up pants and it was pretty clear that he was not going to be participating in big game. And Salim Turner-Muhammad struggled a bit early. You know, got juked out in open space, missed a tackle or two, but he rebounded and made big plays down the stretch, including the forced fumble that really helped change things around.
2: David Shaw shared his thoughts on Salim Turner-Muhammad's day. Salim is really come to play. Um, starting game one, um, he came out and made some nice plays game one, um, game two, uh, really got the start and played really well. Um, made two, for a, for a guy who's who's not the biggest guy out there, they took their deep shots on him. They took their deep shots on him and he knows how to, to, uh, to uh, get right next to that receiver, get his hands uh, up through where the ball's coming through, made some nice plays there and then the turnover. Um, is exactly the way you work the drill. Guys get on the ball carrier, the next day comes in and punches it out. Um, very, very heady football player. Still has a lot to learn. Still has, still is growing and maturing. Um, he's got a chance to be a good one. Big day for the sophomore. Four tackles. The
1: forced fumble. Broke up a pass two. Makes you feel a little bit better about a Stanford secondary that, that hasn't really had much of an impact so far this year, but with Turner Muhammad playing how he played, Kyle Blue Kelly with a couple of sure tackles in the open field, and we talked about Malik Antoine earlier, Stanford's secondary may be starting to gel just a bit. And Turner Muhammad, kind of an unsung guy, in a sense, in Stanford's efforts to get that win against the Bears. That's our stock up. Who's our stock down? You know what? I'm going to give the team a mulligan for this week on stock down. They got the ax back. Not going to rain on the parade. Now, I think the offensive line needs to step it up a little bit more after some things we saw in pass protection. And again, look, Cal, they're very good in their front seven. They're very aggressive defensively. They're really tough to stop. But pass protection, I thought, left some things to be desired. And run blocking, especially in the latter portion of the first half, left some things to be desired as well. So the offensive line, I think, overall, needs to get it back. But you know what? Am, am I am I concerned enough to call it my stock down? Nope, not this week. I'm good. Stanford's got the X. By the way, it was kind of neat when I was driving home from the game, and uh, on uh, I made the right turn. I, I, I live in the East Bay, and uh, I made the right turn from 580 to 238, and I saw some motorcycle cops up ahead. I was like, oh, what's going on? And then I saw four or five buses up ahead too. And I was like, oh, so I caught up with the Stanford team buses on my way home from the game as they were about to make the turn onto 880 and head down towards the farm. And somewhere, somewhere on those buses, my guess is probably in the front bus and probably in the front seat, maybe with David Shaw, who knows, but somewhere on those buses was the Axe making the way back To its rightful home As always, I welcome you to subscribe to the show If you haven't already And rate and review the program too I always appreciate your feedback If you like the show, tell everyone If you don't like the show, um, well, tell me about it Let me know what I can do to make it better I always welcome um, your thoughts And I'm certainly thankful, as mentioned uh, earlier in the week Uh, Certainly thankful for those of you who have checked out the show If you've been with us the past five years hey awesome thank you if you just joined us since we uh, uh since we latched on the believe podcast network back in february hey great to have you on board too and hope that uh, we brought you uh, compelling cardinal content uh, that you so desire and crave and uh, looking forward to seeing how things go for the remainder of the football regular season we'll get it back into the swing of things as stanford's scheduled to hop on the plane and head up to seattle to take on The Washington Huskies. So the next tree cast will come your way on Thursday. Thanks again. You heard from post game guests Cardinal head coach David Shaw, Stanford quarterback Davis Mills, Stanford defensive end and man of the hour Thomas Booker, Stanford inside linebacker Curtis Robinson, and Stanford running back Austin Jones. Thanks to them for making themselves available in the post game availability. And, of course, the biggest thanks most of all goes to you for checking us out on the show. Don't drink and drive if you do either the dumbest person on the planet. Just as dumb as the person who does not wear a mask now, mask it or casket. Tired of saying this. I'm not tired of saying this. Stanford's got the axe back. Ha, <laughs> oh. We'll talk to you on Thursday. I can't wait. I'm Troy Clarity. Thanks for being with us here on The TreeCast Cast with Troy Clarity. Presented by the Believe Podcast Network.
0: Thank you for listening
1: to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com
0: and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.